Hello, I'm Chris Galvin. Welcome to today's podcast, the 12th in ICOCA's series, Future Security Trends, Implications for Human Rights. Today's episode is called Human Rights and Human Resources, the Role of Training and Vetting in the Provision of Responsible Security. And to unpack how and why human resource management plays such a critical role in the provision of responsible security, I'll be in conversation with Stella Kagwi, Group HR Coordinator for WS Insight, an ICOCA member company with operations across Africa. So Stella, welcome. And first of all, I'd like you to tell us a bit about WS Insight and how you ended up working for the company. All right. Thanks a lot, um, Chris, for inviting me to be your guest on your podcast. Um, I'm quite excited to be here. So I'll tell you a bit about WS Insight. WS Insight is, we're a security and risk management company. We're operating in Eastern Central Africa. Um, it was established in uh, 2006 under the name Warrior Security. So we basically provide integrated solutions to our clients. Our services include uh, man guarding, technological security solutions, as well as information and, um, and intelligence. As you already know, we operate in, in very dynamic and complex region um, within the continent. We take a, a risk-driven approach to addressing our clients' needs by using intelligence and information. So we, we, we're able to get a granular understanding of, of their needs and to be able to deliver appropriate and, and relevant solutions to, to those specific needs. The foundation of this approach is what we call the, the three I, that is um, insight, information, and intelligence. So we have a team of analysts that uh, use privileged insights to come up with, with this usable intelligence. So we also have um, a consulting branch call it Insight Consulting Africa. So we provide advisory and consulting services to our clients. We develop strategies that help our clients maximize the opportunities and de-risk their businesses um, in this region. So our clients include international and non-governmental organizations, diplomatic missions, major multinationals, as well as uh, local commercial and residential customers within each of our of our markets. So at, at Insight, um, we believe that creating a safe environment enables people and businesses to thrive. So basically, our aim is to change the way security is done in Africa. So a bit about myself, prior to joining Insight, I was HR manager for an international risk management company. I was based in Kenya. Uh, it was a bit different though. Um, it provided uh, land, air, and maritime security. A new a new position was created at Insight, and I was offered the position, so I, I took it. And um, it's been about five and a half years now, and uh, it's been an incredible learning experience for sure. Fantastic! Thank you for that uh, for that overview. I mean, you've talked quite a bit about risk management, but WS Insight, they also offer for man guarding services. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. We do offer man guarding services. Actually, our entity in, a, in South Sudan, that's our largest entity in regard to man guarding services in the region, actually. So I'd like to kind of hone in on, on that aspect of the, of the business, if that's okay. And, and first, really, I'd like to ask, what's the typical profile of a, of a WS Insight security guard? And how do you recruit, recruit your staff, your guards? 
And, and how do you make sure that those people that you do recruit are, are the right fit for the job? So um, in the markets in which we operate, there's typically a large pool of good candidates for the role. So once we put a job ad advert out, we receive a good number of interested and, and qualified applicants. Um, they obviously come from different uh, different backgrounds, different ages, different tribes, um, different um, education level as well. So we have a standard selection criteria, which is quite straightforward to test against. And we have a comprehensive training program that we take them through and we ensure that every security officer we deploy is, is fit for the job. Actually, the, the real challenge is, uh, is maintaining these standards in the longer term. So we have three areas that we use to ensure that we do maintain these standards. So the first is obviously on-job training and continuation training and refresher trainings. This is a very, it requires a disciplined approach to, to mentorship and continuation of the training. The second is uh, we keep up with the market expectations and as well as adapting to to new requirements in the market. A good example is actually the, the prevention of sexual exploitation requirements. So by, by incorporating that, we know that we are able to, to ensure that we are retaining the standards that is required. And then last but not least is, is workforce vibrancy. We basically want to make sure we, we, we take care of an employee all the way through uh, from recruitment to the whole employment life cycle. So we have uh, we put in place, you know, a positive company culture. We we have award and record recognition programs. Um, we also ensure that we, we pay above market rates. The, the, the small things we do to just ensure that we are maintaining the white workforce vibrancy. And so, you know, going back to this question of the of the typical profile again. Uh, I mean, if you let's take education level, for example, because there is some thought out there that, that you know, a security guard, that job is, is, you know, it's a menial task. It doesn't require education. I, I mean, is that is that true? Are guards coming in with very low levels of education? If that's the case, you know, what challenges does, does that present? So with, with when it comes to the education level, we already have um, a set standard of, of the type of education that the minimum qualification that an applicant should have. So some of the challenges we actually have in regard to that um, is, is uh, say, the English language proficiency, which is one of the things that we have to test against. With, with the basic guard training, so we, we, we bring together people from all these different education backgrounds and then we are able to train them and standardize them so that at the end of the day, the, the type of guard output is similar, irrespective of what they came in with. You mentioned preventing sexual exploitation and, and abuse there, which of course is one of the human rights kind of issues that, that we look at at ICOCA. So when it comes to issues like human rights, how easy or not is it to, to train staff on, on such topics? Specifically, when it comes to to human rights, so we are we are working with groups which have a poor understanding of human rights, and who have 
quite often actually a high tolerance for human rights abuses. So that's one of the challenges that, that we have. Um, a key part in overcoming this is um, is to ensure that the trainers that we use um, come from the right communities. They, they are well equipped with the skills and the knowledge and understanding of the human rights and the training needs as well. I think I'll give you an example um, in, in South, uh, say for the northern parts of South Sudan, you'll find that um, it's cultural for for a man to marry a teenager, an 18, 18 year old, 16 year old. So it, it's it's norm it's it's um it's common that they they don't see it as a problem they don't see it as a human a human rights issue one of the ways in which we we deal with this is having a local be a trainer so they go there they have an understanding of the culture and the expectations and then they're able to actually change that mindset i know it's it's not it's not um it's 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 a very slow process it's not something that um that uh, is, is gonna go away anytime soon. It's a continuous process. It's through we, we address this through mentoring and obviously continuation training. And so then how do you select your trainers? Because it sounds like that's a really critical role. When it comes to selecting the trainers to go in the specific communities, as we are recruiting uh, the trainers, we, we are very specific on the, the communities that we are looking um, to send them to. So that's one of the key requirements when, when looking for trainers. Interesting. Now, you recently provided input on a new course that iCoke has developed for its member and affiliate companies. This is on preventing sexual exploitation abuse. You already you know, mentioned this is a topic, but why is this an important topic for the private security sector? And, and what are the challenges, particularly as relates to this in training employees on a, on a topic like sexual exploitation and abuse. Let me first start by thanking ICOCA for inviting Insight to collaborate on the development of this training. I also want to express our appreciation to ICOCA for taking a strong position on PSEA for its members. So this is obviously a very extremely important topic for the private security for for several reasons so first and foremost it's a matter of the values that we have to live by as as private security companies that is if you're going to succeed in business private security companies provide essential services to their clients and must maintain high standards of, of behavior so they're seen as protective personnel at Insight, um, I mentioned earlier that we believe that creating a safe environment enables people and businesses to thrive. So what we want to live by is to go beyond the basic task of just providing protective services. So we, we want to also stand against all types of exploitations and abuse within individuals and within the communities in which we work. So therefore, we, we, we must equip our people with the knowledge and understanding of these topics to prevent these issues and to provide safe, confidential and supportive channels through which they can raise alarm and bring forward these concerns and grievances. Secondly, as businesses, we have to understand the contracts that we adhere to. So there's 
there's clear momentum within the client body for compliance within the supply chain to address sexual exploitation and abuse and, and other human rights issues as well. So the demand for private security companies are moving away from avoiding sexual exploitation and abuse to demonstrate that they're taking adequate and reasonable measures to prevent sexual exploitation and abuse. So basically, um, at Insights, we just want to stay ahead of that curve. And so are you seeing demand from clients themselves on these issues, human rights issues, whether that's preventing sexual exploitation and abuse or use of force or, or whatever human rights issue it might be? Are you seeing clients step up and, and say, you know, we require your guards to be trained on these topics? Um, so it, it, this is actually one of the challenges actually I wanted to mention. Um, we are seeing some of this happening, but it's also not enough. We, we're also not seeing um, industry in the regulation from from companies to to enforce this, especially through their supply chain. So what do you think are the biggest challenges faced by private security companies ensuring high quality guarding services for their clients that respect human rights? Um, I'll, I'll be honest, um, at Insight, I'd like to actually say we are confident that we provide high quality services to our clients that fully respect human rights. This is not the challenge for us because as Alia mentioned, I talked about the, the training, the various training and other measures we have in place to ensure this. However, the challenge is in regulation of the private security industry and integration of standards into the client procurement and supplier onboarding process. So all too often, um, tender documents don't require standards or membership of regulatory bodies such as ICOCA. And uh, this, this little due diligence to determine whether private security companies have invested in the infrastructure and processes necessary to deliver um, the high standards and to mitigate the risks in areas such as human rights and, and PSEA. So this again is combined with uh, with companies you know, looking for the lowest price awards. So they're basically doing themselves a disservice. But um, we are seeing some signs of change. We have seen some companies um, that have been ignoring human rights issues being uh, prosecuted. So I think we, we are seeing that uh, there, there, now there's a requirement for the corporate human rights responsibility um, coming up, which I think is, is a step in the right direction. So when we see um, companies being penalized or having reputational damage um, for, for, for this negligence, I think um, we are heading in the right direction. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, we appreciate ICOCA for bringing these standards to the forefront of, of the private security industries and um and having and and get and engaging with the private security companies it's a it's it's a long way coming but i think we're heading in the right direction and and can with that in mind you know what more do you think icoca and you know the members of the association and others can and should be doing to really put pressure on on clients to require these standards in in their procurement so one of the things um, I think ICOCA can do um, to, 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 to try and help is uh, have a requirement to, for companies to have some sort of human rights 
due diligence, especially in its supply chain and, and business relationships. So especially this is especially for businesses operating in in difficult and complex environments such as us so it's through by extending um oversight through the supply chain you know you could pos pos potentially be affecting the lives of hundreds and thousands of people living in these communities and in these regions so that's one of the things i think icoca can do to to bring this to the forefront well, we look forward to, to working with you and our other members in, in the ambition to, to do just that. Um, but today, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much, Chris.